Heavenly Father, today we're rejoicing in who you are. And as we open your word, may we hear you speak to us, individuals and families and church families. May you grow us and push us today in Jesus' name. Amen. I think it's kind of funny how you can find family just about anywhere. Last Sunday, my wife Jen and I, we went on our weekly run. We, we always take Sunday morning, we go for a run together. The kids are at home. I don't even know what they're doing. I don't even care. They're probably eating cookies and junk food, but ah, whatever. We're out on a date run. And so we're, we're out running along Wakiva Springs Road, and something happened that has happened a million times before. In fact, if you have ever run, this has probably happened to you as well. We're running along Wakiva Springs Road, and up ahead on the sidewalk, we see another runner. He's a dude coming toward us. He doesn't have a shirt on, and he's very hairy. You got the mental image? You're welcome. We see this guy coming our way, and uh, because he's half naked, I make direct eye contact with him, and we're running past each other, and as we get past each other, just very close, he gives me the nod. You know the nod, right? The what's up nod. And instantly, we had a moment where we were one, because he was out there running, and we were out there running. He was out there sweating, and we were out there sweating. He was burning calories, we were burning calories. He was in very short shorts, and we were definitely not in very short shorts, but we were a part of the same family for a moment. You can find family anywhere, like motorcycles. If you have a motorcycle, you understand this. If you have a Harley Davidson, or a sport bike, or a Vespa, it doesn't matter because you're a part of the motorcycle family. In fact, um, if you've ever observed motorcycles passing on the highway somewhere, you know that the family is there because they give a really low-key wave to each other. Have you seen it? They're riding along and they hit one of these. There it is. Just a little wave. You gotta be paying attention. But for my whole life, I've been trying to push the limits of the motorcycle family. I don't have a motorcycle because those motorcycles will kill you and I want my kids to have a dad, so I choose to have, be a dad and not ride a motorcycle, even though I'd love to have a motorcycle. So, but I do have a bicycle. And for the many, many miles that I've ridden on a bicycle in my, in my life, every time a motorcycle passes me, I hit them with the old wave. <laughs> Just to see what happens. 75% of the time they look at me like I'm an idiot and 25% of the time they hit me with the wave saying, welcome to the family. You can find family anywhere. About two years ago, right in the middle of lockdown, in the, the pan pandemic lockdown, I made a most difficult decision in my life. Now, many of you wouldn't feel like this is a big decision. Many of you need to make this decision, but it was this decision to embrace my baldness. In fact, I have some video footage of that day and that event. Here it is. There's not a lot happening up there, guys. That's, this, is, this is long hair for me. And on this one Sabbath afternoon, pandemic time, I made the decision to cut off the little bit of hair that was still there. My lovely wife said, oh, I'll do it. And so she got the clippers out and started clipping. And I, I vividly remember her words as she said, I don't think they're cutting anything, Matt. <laughs> no turning back now, because I knew that once you cut those five or six hairs, they ain't coming back. And uh, there's old Baldy Locks himself. Here's what happened. It took me forever to get to the place where I could say, it's time to go ahead and shave your head. You fellas know, we got some shiny, shiny scalps over here. Brothers, see, there's a family right here. Yes, yes, give the wave, fellas, the wave. 
Here's what was the tipping point for me in my bald journey. It's this guy right here. Here's a picture of him. There he is, good looking man. If you can't grow a beard, maybe you shouldn't shave your head. Let's just put that out there because it looks good with a beard. So this guy, he has an Instagram account called Bald Cafe. You might follow it if you're interested in this kind of thing. And his sole purpose of this Instagram account is to help men that are balding embrace their baldness and go ahead and shave it all. And, and well, side note, you will not believe what this man's name is. His name is Harry. He, he, he helps guys take the plunge, and his whole Instagram account is testimonials from men that were balding. Everybody else knew they were balding, but they were the guy that was balding and didn't know it. And they shaved their head, and how much freedom they feel now that they've done it. And then as I saw, man, there's a family out there of bald guys that want more people in their family. I said, I'm joining the team, amen? Yes, you too. Uh, we should hang out more, guys. This is great. You can find family anywhere you like, but if we're being honest, there's really only one kind of family, blood family. If there is the same blood in your veins as your brother and your mother and your sister and your father, then you are family. And that's how it's always been in the family of God too. Go with me on this journey. Way back at the beginning, Adam and Eve are created. They are the shining points of his creation. They exist to glorify God as the creator of the universe as they have relationship with him. The whole cosmos looks and they say, what an incredible God to make these beings that can love back. But Satan has this evil ploy because he hates God and he'll do whatever it takes to get back at God, including hurting the ones that God loves the most. And so Satan tricks Adam and Eve into trusting themselves versus trusting God. And they take the forbidden fruit and they sin. And sin now has entered into the family of God. There's sin in the family of God and it's broken. And just like sin is a separator, sin separated Adam and Eve from God. In fact, God said sin can't be in the family home and so you're gonna have to leave Eden. In fact, he took it one more step and he said you can't come back either. And so there's a, a, an angel that stood at the gate in the front door of the home, the family home. Sometimes I think of this story and it really reminds me of my life too because sin separates us from God. And sometimes it feels like we're so unworthy and so far away that we can never get back to God. But I love that our God's reach goes beyond barriers. It goes beyond sin and he pulls us back into relationship with him because it was the plan of redemption that happened before creation. You know that the plan of redemption, saving people, it wasn't a reaction to sin. It was a forethought that God already knew before creation happened. He said, I know this is going to happen and so I have a plan to save humans that will sin. He says, we've gotta do something about the family tree and in order to save us, God had to become one of the created ones so that he could become blood brothers with us in order to save us. And God says, the family of God begins with a man named Abraham. In fact, in Genesis chapter 12, you can read what God says. Here's what he says. God says to Abraham, I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. I will make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I'm gonna read it again because there's two points you gotta hear. I will, let's go back one, time, one, one slide. I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. I will make your name great so that you will be a blessing. Here are the two points. 
You will be blessed and you'll be a blessing. Are you with me? What are the two points? Read them with me. You will be, you will be a, yeah, the family of God is blessed and will be a blessing. You gotta get those two parts down. And I can only imagine what Abraham felt as he realized that God was telling him that he's going to be the father of millions and millions of people and that the bloodline would go through him. If you're a parent, you know what it's like to discover that you're gonna be a dad or a mom. I remember it very vividly when Jennifer came into the room. I had no clue, had no idea, and she shows me these babies right here. Bam! Two, two positive pregnancy tests. Now, I know it's hard to believe, but two positive pregnancy tests are way more exciting than two positive COVID tests. <laughs> and when I saw these two tests, I thought to myself, I'm going to be a dad. I'm going to be blessed by my son, and he will be a blessing to the rest of the world. He's a part of my family now. I will be blessed by him, and he will be a blessing to the rest of the world. And as God tells Abraham that, that he will be the father of many, many, many people, and that the Savior will be in his bloodline that will be a blessing forever and ever, I just wonder what Abraham was thinking. Fast forward along the timeline. Jesus is born, he grows up, he does ministry, and as he's facing the cross, he's ready for the cross, the Jewish family rejects their own. They say, you're not good enough for us. You, you aren't who we thought you were. You didn't act like we thought you should. You don't look like we thought you should, and so you are no longer part of our family. And so Christ dies out of the family, which is a beautiful thing because no longer is that family small, it's wide and it becomes your family and it becomes my family. In fact, in Ephesians chapter one, we get to read our passage today. If you've got your Bible, I invite you to open it to Ephesians chapter one. If you didn't bring a Bible with you, that's okay too. There's a book in front of you, the blue one, it's the Bible, and you can follow along on page 827. Uh, I'm forcing you to read this from your own Bible because I think it's important that you read from your own Bible. And plus, you might want to underline this sucker. You might want to tweet this out on the internet somewhere. I mean, this, this is good stuff. In fact, it's so, so deep theologically that we are not going to do it justice today as we point out a few points. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3 is where we're going to start. We're going to go very slowly to get some highlights. Ephesians chapter 1, if you're there, say, Hallelujah. Okay, here we go. Ephesians 1, verse 3, here's what it says. Very slowly. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Stop there for a moment. The family of God will be blessed and will be a blessing. This is how we are blessed because God showed his love to us through Jesus. That's how we are blessed. Verse four, for God chose us in Christ before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. Pause for a second there. Before we were created, God's heart desire for humans was to never sin and never experience separation, to be blameless and holy forever. That was his plan. Verse five, it says this, in love, God predestined us for adoption to sonship through Christ Jesus in accordance with his pleasure and will to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. I mean, this is the best news ever. 
It says, hey, you sinned, but God knew you would sin, and so he's already given you a way to adopt you into the family of God. Isn't that great news? Oh, man, are you sleeping today? Can I preach any harder? We get to be adopted into the family of God, guys. Isn't that great news? There we go. See, I don't know what it's like to be adopted. Never been adopted, have no clue, never adopted a kid either. But we have some really great families in this church that have been adopted. In fact, here's a picture of one of the families right here. There they are. They were over at Warehouse just a few minutes ago. You got Kevin, the dad, you got Joanna, the mom, Haley's over here on the left, Matthew's kind of there in the middle, the two young stud muffins on the front, that's Devon and Gabe. What a great family. Um, they are just phenomenal. In fact, the first time I met them was what, at our Connections breakfast, which we have for, for new members of our church. We do it once every quarter. And uh, we have breakfast and we talk about the vision of our church and all these different parts. And I met them there. And I asked the dumbest question anyone could ever ask. Uh, teachers say, there's no such thing as a dumb question. And I say, just wait a minute. Watch this. They, as I was meeting Kevin and Joanna, they whipped out their phones and they showed me this picture right here. And they said, this is our family. And they, they said the names of the kids. And I, and I asked this question. I said, oh, have you adopted children? And Kevin looks at me, no smile, no laughter, just dead serious. And he says, no, they are all biological. <laughs> What's cool about this family is that while they have biological kids and they have adopted kids, every kid is a part of the family 100%. They're all treated the same. They're all loved the same. They are a part of the family like they have the same blood running through their arms. And that's what the family of God looks like too. He has adopted us into his family to be blessed and to be a blessing. But being a part of the family of God is much bigger than just having the blessing of being a part of the family. Being a part of the family of God means that you get to be on the mission of the family, which is to be a blessing to others. You know, throughout Jesus' entire life here on earth, he focused on one thing, and that was glorifying God through everything that he did. His goal in life was to show the glory of God, the love of God to each and every one, and he would pull people along. He would say, hey, follow me. You gotta see this, follow me, and you show somebody else, follow me, I'll make you fishers of men, and, and you'll teach them, and they'll see the love of God, follow me, and he made disciples across the planet that continue to today. That's what a family does, and what's interesting is that Jesus, his mission was more important than his, even his own family. At one point, Jesus is with a crowd. They are jammed in there, and he's talking to them. There, uh, the people are jammed in there. His mom and his brothers show up. They can't even get to Jesus, and so they find one of the disciples, and they say, hey, can you pass this message to Jesus? And so they, they, the disciple gets to Jesus, and he says, hey, your mom and your brothers are here. And Jesus says these words, not in an angry, ugly way, but he says, who are my mother? Who is my mother? Who are my brothers? He says, if you do the will of my Father in heaven, you are my mother, you are my brothers, you are my family because it's the mission of the family of God to be a blessing to others that makes us family. And what I love about our church, the Forest Lake Church, is that that is at the heart of everything that we do, making disciples. And the reason I know this is because I can read it 
If you, if you didn't know this, we just took a survey a few weeks ago and over 500 people responded from this church, sharing their hearts, speaking into the vision, speaking into values. Here's what you said. I asked you this question. Uh, what kind of sermons would you like to hear? And y'all said a lot of things. Let me just say that. You said a lot of things. All good, I'm sure. Here's some of the things that you said. I want to hear sermons on reaching out to the community. Come on, that's awesome. Here's somebody. I want to hear sermons about being missional and having individual service. That's good. Listen to the phrasing of this one. I want a sermon on how to win souls for Jesus. That's at the heart of who we are. I asked this question. If our church could be known for one thing, what would it be? Somebody says, I want our church to be known for bringing non-believers to Christ. That's the mission of the family of God, making disciples. Here's the next one. Somebody says community service. Another one says serving others. I like this one. If we were known for one thing, I would want us to be known that we are a Christ-centered church and we live with his mission in our lives. That's, that's what this is saying and you're saying it too. Here's the last one. I want to be known that we are the church that reaches out to the community with the love and grace that Jesus showed his disciples. That's the mission of the family of God right there and it's a part of everything that happens here. This past Wednesday, I was over at Fleece and I, I uh, was playing intramurals with the kids. They had the parent-kid game. Some of you were out there too, I'm sure. All sweaty and gross and whatever. Afterwards, I met with uh, one of the teachers who's also one of our adult Sabbath school leaders and we talked about the future of that Sabbath school class. She said, we're trying to decide what we want to study next. Is it a book of the Bible? Is it just a book? Is it the Sabbath school quarterly? And I, I challenged her, I said, hey, well, I feel like what we need to identify is the, the purpose and the identity of what your Sabbath school class is. What's the vision, what's the calling of this class? And she said, well, that's easy. It's been the same since it started. It originally started to be a place to welcome anyone so that they can grow with Jesus. That's visitors, that's people on the fringes, that's people that are just kind of lost and stumble in. She said, we exist to help people grow to know Jesus better. That's outsiders, it doesn't matter. She said, anybody comes in, and I love to hear that at the heart of our church. And what I love even more than that, while I love that we reach out into the community, I believe it starts at home. In fact, Moses, as he's talking to the Israelites, he's gone up to Mount Sinai, and he comes down with the two tablets, the Ten Commandments. That's God's heart, his character that's engraved in stone. Moses, he speaks to all the Israelites. He reads them to him. And then he says these words. Here's what he says. Moses says, Church, these are the commands, decrees, and laws the Lord your God directed me to teach you to observe in the land that you're crossing the Jordan to possess. He says, you're about to go to the promised land. These are what you've got to follow. Then he says this, so that you and your children and their children after them may fear the Lord your God as long as you live by keeping all his decrees and commands that I give you and so that you may enjoy long life. Moses gives a cycle of discipleship. He says, yeah, you wanna reach everywhere, you wanna reach the world? Start at home in your family. Start with those that you're closest to. Start with the ones you're the nearest to. Start with discipling your own kids. Church, if I could look into the beyond of what the Forest Lake Church looks like, I would see more and more moms and dads investing in the spiritual lives of their kids. That's having family worship. I, 
my family, we always read Bible stories before we go to bed. We always sing Bible songs before we tuck our kids in bed. We can always do more. I mean, maybe it's devotional books in the morning. Maybe it's just spiritual conversations with kids that say, hey, did you know this about the God of heaven that loves you so much? Church, if I could look into the beyond, I would see more and more of our own kids involved in adventures and pathfinders as we grow, grow to know Jesus together in a group setting, setting. Church, if I could look into the beyond, I see teenagers and young adults, leaders in our church that are so committed to Jesus that they pull their peers along and say, let's grow to know Jesus better. If I could look into the beyond of our church, I see more and more parents doing the hard things which are getting your kids ready and coming to church and Sabbath school. Man, I'm blessed because I've got an amazing wife that does this every week by herself because I'm here, yet she does it anyway. I know what it's like though. Where are your shoes? Ah, I just ironed those pants and now you're rolling on the floor. Man, if I could look into the beyond, I see families that say I'm committed to getting my kid into uh, this space where they can learn about Jesus more and more. Church, if I could look into the beyond, I see a movement that starts in our homes, in our families, that comes to our church family, that stretches out across the community and the city as we make disciples because that's what the family of God does. Last night, I got the distinct honor of going to John and Maria Touchard's house. They're unbelievable people. They've got two kids that are just fantastic. Maria is our school board chair over at Fleece, and she does a wonderful job. She's also one of our elders. In fact, just a few weeks ago on our elders retreat, I point blank asked our elders, I said, hey, who are you discipling? Who are you actively discipling? Many elders spoke up and shared, hey, here's what I'm doing and here's this. And Maria was one of those that said, I have a heart for discipling people and I wanna do it at my home because I like to host families and I like to make food. And, and we all said, well, well, you can disciple me if you got food there. Last night at her house, I got to meet with these guys right here. Here's a picture of them. Look at these guys. You got John Mark, that's Maria and John's son. Baldy Locks in the back. You got Micah, who's a great kid from Spring Meadows. Sergio, and you're gonna hear him play the piano here in just a minute. Peter Terracove on the bottom. You got Jackson Holland on the right. Great guys that are, are, are continuing their disciple journey. Last night was another step in that walk as they continue to know him as Maria and John invest in the next generation, as they invest in their family, as they, be a, as they are a blessing to those that they're around. Church, what a privilege it is to be a part of the family of God. What an honor it is to be blessed and to be a blessing to others. And may this church go far beyond anything we can think or imagine as God pushes us and helps us disciple others.